you need to reduce your company's liabilities and boost its defenses after a cyber attack. One of the ways you do it is through a post-incident meeting. Want to know how to do that? Listen up. Hey, it's Brad Gross coming at you with another Technology Bradcast. If you're a service provider and you want to learn some things, give me a few minutes. You're going to learn a lot. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Technology Bradcast. So this week we're talking about post-incident meetings. Now what is a post-incident meeting? It's a discussion that takes place after your company has resolved or recovered from a malware-related incident. It's a discussion. It's not a fight. It's a think tank of sorts. It involves people with the most knowledge getting together, people with the most responsibility getting together to discuss what happened, why it happened, and what your company can do to avoid it from happening again. The post-incident meeting also includes a discussion about what worked and what didn't work. It's all about assessment. Assessment is the key. You assess and then you reinforce the things that actually worked and you fix the things that didn't work. So why should you even have a post-incident meeting? I mean, what, what could possibly be achieved by revisiting one of the worst moments in your company's existence? Well, tons of great stuff. That's what can be achieved. I'm not just talking about silver lining stuff, you know, the look on the bright side kind of a thing. I'm talking about moments when you can achieve real improvement in your company's business operations. I am talking about moving your company's response and readiness capabilities from good to great. You know what happens if you don't have a post-incident meeting? Nothing. Nothing happens. You don't improve. You don't know what, what worked. You, you don't fully understand what didn't work. And when it happens again, you're going to do the same wrong or inefficient things again. And you know what happens when you go through an experience and you don't learn from it? You know what lawyers call it when you're aware of a problem because you went through it, but then you do the same wrong thing the next time. And, and the same loss or damage occurs because you didn't change your behavior. You know what lawyers call it? We call that negligence. We call that liability. We call that write a big check. Post-incident meetings. Get them done. Avoid liability. So what goes into a post-incident meeting? What's the very first step? Well, the first step is scheduling it. Get it on the calendar. Now, I suggest scheduling the post-incident conference no sooner than a week after the incident was resolved, but not too much longer after that. Why? Why am I saying not earlier than a week, but not too much longer? Because a week gives everyone enough time to calm down and objectively evaluate what worked and what didn't. It gives everyone enough time to review records, talk to people, and get fully apprised about the areas that they are responsible for. If you schedule the incident, uh, the post-incident conference too early, you're going to run into lots of responses like, uh, I'm still waiting for the records, or we're still looking into that issue, or I need to give more thought to that. A week reduces the odds of people not being ready to talk in an informed and educated way. On the flip side, 
you don't want to wait too long because, of course, another incident could occur while you're waiting to have a post-incident conference on the first problem, on the first incident. So schedule it about a week or two after the incident has been resolved, and I think you'll be in good shape. Next, set the agenda. Make sure that everyone has responsibility to speak about what they did as well as what they would do differently in retrospect. It's important to clarify at the outset that the meeting is not a guilt-finding endeavor. You need to make it clear to the participants that they are not being asked to incriminate themselves, even if they admit that they did something wrong or they would have done something differently. If participants think that they're going to be judged or yelled at or fired, then they won't be honest. They won't be open. They won't be candid. And whatever vulnerability existed will likely continue to exist because the person overseeing that vulnerability won't fix it because he or she will think that they're going to be judged or fired. So set the agenda and make it clear that the purposes of the meeting are fact-finding and fixing holes. Now, let's pause and think about a big topic that a lot of companies face. What's the topic? The topic is this. Do you take notes during a post-incident meeting? Should you take notes during that meeting? Should you make minutes and follow up with memos and normal business emails? If you do that, won't that become discoverable in litigation? Answer, it's not clear-cut. On the one hand, if you take notes that reflect the deficiencies and weak spots in your company's defenses or in its incident response plan, then you're putting in writing the fact that you dropped the ball. And if there's litigation after the fact, those notes could be subpoenaed and used against you. On the flip side of the same coin, if you don't take notes, then people may forget what they were supposed to do once the meeting was over. And if something happens again, you also won't be able to persuasively show that you had analyzed the issues and acted reasonably to mitigate the original problems because there are no notes demonstrating of, you know, what took place. If you don't take notes, then you're also hoping that a disgruntled employee doesn't turn around one day and say, you know what, this company, they hide things. They purposely bury issues. So what do you do? My opinion, you take notes. In fact, you take extensive notes for the purpose of finding out what went wrong and fixing it. Now, if you're disagreeing with my opinion, let me ask you this. Do you think the truth won't come out because you purposely avoided a paper trail of how you fix things? Don't you think there's an electronic trail that a plaintiff's forensic team could discover? Would you rather the issues be described through the words of plaintiff's counsel? Or would you rather set the tone and describe in your own words what went wrong, how you addressed it, how quickly you addressed it, and how it was fixed? In my opinion, there is virtually no scenario in which a policy of don't take notes should be enforced. So, what's next? Next is talking about what happens after the post-incident meeting. And that can be summarized in a single hyphenated word, follow-up. Or maybe that's a single unhyphenated word. I got to look that up. Well, anyway, follow-up. Assign responsibilities to specific people to reinforce what worked and remediate what didn't. Assign dates 
by which those responsibilities must be completed. And don't spread responsibility so thin that no one takes responsibility or people become confused about what their specific post-incident tasks and roles are. Have a checklist for all the activities that are supposed to take place after the post-incident meeting and check off things, check that things off that list as they get completed. Look, in my opinion, a post-incident meeting is a necessary and crucial step in recovery after a malware incident. If you skip that step, then you're missing an invaluable opportunity to solidify your defenses against future malware attacks, and you're also likely increasing liability for claims that occurred due to subsequent malware attacks. Post-incident meetings build confidence in your infrastructure and in your company's culture. Don't skip them. Now, if you're unsure about how to handle a post-incident meeting or any aspect of an incident response plan, well, you know what to do. Call us at 954-217-6225 or email me at info at bradleygross.com. That's it for this week. We'll see you on the next Technology Bradcast.